This session is brought to you by Define Use Move Retreat. That's why I'm so passionate about like people's lives because I'm not supposed to be here. Every time we get a new year, every time a new year happens, I'm always emotional because I'm like, I'm not supposed to be here. Like this girl you see, she didn't exist. She didn't exist. I worked hard to be this person. I, I literally had to get down to the end of myself and I was like, okay, I'm tired. I'm tapped out. Like if there was a if there was some drugs that I could have found in my parents' house or if my parents had weapons, I would have killed myself in my parents' house. Welcome to Define You Radio. Class is in session each week with guests who didn't let their past define them and have found a way to define themselves in life. Pins and papers ready. Class is now in session with your host, Valencia Griffin Wallace. Define You Radio Live. I am your host, Valencia Griffin-Wallace, and thank you so much. So classes in session tonight with YouTuber, actress, and recording artist. Maybe she'll drop a, a few notes or whatever. We'll see. Candice Waters. You can find her discussing current events, living life apparently not too far from me, and being great on YouTube on Candice's Corner. That's all I got to say. So let's go ahead and welcome Candace to the show. Hey, Queen Candace, how are you doing? Hello, everybody. Hello, hello, Valencia. How are you? How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to have you on. And it was a funny how I ran across your video on YouTube, Purpose Versus Popularity. And everything you said, like, hit home. For me, and um, I'm excited to be here. This is my first time doing this, so I'm I'm a really? little nervous now. Yeah, I don't think I've ever like. I mean, I've gone live with people, but I ain't never been on no podcast, so I'm a little nervous. So, but tell us about you growing up. Okay, cool. So, um, well, I am a military kid. So, um. My parent, my dad was in the military. He served in the Air Force for 25 years. So we moved all the time. So I lived in Japan. I started moving at the age of three, actually. I, I was born in Virginia. We moved to North Carolina. We stayed there for about six years. Then we moved to Tokyo, Japan. And I lived in Yokota Air Force Base for about three years. And then we moved to Brunson, the Netherlands, which is where I went to high school and pretty much finished my life over in the Netherlands. Um, and then we just moved back to America for me to go to college, basically. Um, I am a PK kid, so my parents are, pa- actually, my whole family is in the church. Everybody up in there, like, probably Jesus on the cross, then my family is the archbishop, like, it's a whole bunch of lineage down there. Um, but yeah, so that's me, you know, um, I'm not really from anywhere, so I can't say I'm born and raised anywhere, but I do claim North Carolina as home. Um, that's it, I'm just a little girl, a little girl, well, I ain't little, but I'm just a girl with a big personality, shooting for the stars, that's really what it is, actually. I, I love that and your personality very much comes through on your videos, you know, and because normally I don't even comment like that on people's, you know, YouTube, but your right. personality was like, you know, very, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't want to say home girly, but ho- very relatable would be the professional mm-hmm. word to use. <laughs> What was it like growing up in a foreign country, especially being, you know, a, a black female? 
So growing up in Japan was fine because we lived up on a, we lived in an American base and everyone was black there. We had black friends, black church. Um, growing up in Germany was a little different. Um, so it wasn't. I mean, there was. I, I think in my graduating class of like fifty-two people, there were seven black people. Um, my high school wasn't a lot of black kids. Um, so it was different, but I think it was great because it helped mold me. So like a lot of people don't know, I've talked about it on my YouTube, growing up in a predominantly white environment, like homegirl had to get used to her blackness again. Like I, I left <laughs> and no, I'm serious. You laugh. But like when I would come home to visit my family, it's like, girl, she is so proper. Like, so like I had to learn how to code switch, honestly. Like I had to learn how to code switch. Like it's okay to have this type of personality here. Over here, we have a little bit of class. So you'll see me code switch literally in between conversations. Um, so um, growing up in Europe was a little bit difficult because it wasn't a lot of Black people. Um, I was like introduced to my Blackness at the age of like 17. I lied to you not. I went to HBCU and I was like, oh, I want to be Black, girl. Like put me some cocoa butter on. I'm trying to be ethnic with my people. So um, it was different, but I was so grateful for the experience. I think they taught me a lot about myself. Um, it's actually where I kind of started getting into like my whole career career field of like being in journalism. Like it wasn't until I got to Europe where I realized like, oh my God, I'm really good at talking. Like, and somebody should pay me to talk. Um, mm. So that's kind of where it started actually. And then it went on from college on down. I, I love that. And I love the um, honesty, even though everybody know I am the Southern Belle, I'm very much out that boots but part of my life my dad was in the navy so i grew up in on a navy base in california and when i moved to the south it was not you know back home to louisiana it wasn't like that and i was like what so i can't like debbie gibson and whitney houston so listen if you ever drive past me i promise you i'll go from kelly clarkson to nipsey hustle to Yolanda Adams, all in the same. Don't judge me. I'm just getting free up in there. That's literally me. The code switching thing, I think that is, I'm just seeing that word, the the code switching thing, so, mm-hmm. or the, the code or whatever. So I'm like, oh, okay, so that's something new. I'm learning, y'all. I am learning. Switching, that's, it's, yeah, it's kind of a newer term. Basically, like, you know, if you work in a predominantly white environment, from eight to five, and you get out of the car, and you turn the trap music on, you know, that's code switching. Huh? <laughs> code switching, that's what that's called. So being a, a, a PK, did it make it harder for you to express yourself? Uh, no, don't, don't get me wrong. I couldn't go do a lot of things because my parents were, mm-hmm. but my mom made it really normal for me to grow up. Like she didn't, like, you know how some parents like, Hey, you're going to be this. You're going to be the deacon son. You're going to like, they didn't do that. So it was never an issue for me to express myself. Like I could, mm-hmm. I sang and like the choirs, I did poetry, like acting, like my mom and dad always have created an environment for me to express myself. Maybe not mm-hmm. as free as I am now, but uh, right. I always had a safe space to um, express myself. Um, my mom was all about like, girl, be you, be yourself. And she would always say like, um, be a leader, not the follower. So that is what I live by. Like this, the way I am, actually, if you met my mom, we're kind of the same. <laughs> she's a little more reserved. You know, she's a little more, she's been knowing Jesus a lot longer than me. So you know, <laughs> a lot more, you know, reserved and classy. I'm a little bit of like ethnic with her class. So like, right. no, not at all, actually, no, not at all. 
One of the things I say is, um, you know, I've been from the subdivision to the street to the sidewalk. So <laughs> that depends on what Valencia you could get. You could get the, the subdivision Valencia, the sidewalk Valencia, or the straight street. It, well, you know, you're right. That's about me. That's about right. I mean, I'm the same way. Actually, living here in Louisiana has really helped my streets cred because now people are like, are you from here? I'm like, no, but baby, you was working my nerves. Like, it just, it, it happens. Depending on what day, what hour, what time we're talking about, you could get, you know, depend, different versions of Candace. That's what I like to call it. I, I love that. And y'all did hear that right. You never know. We may do another interview where we're actually in the same room, which is all good. So purpose versus popularity. What inspired you to do that video? Okay, so first things first, the shirt. So I am in this group called The Jewelry Counter. um, And it's a whole bunch of girls all over the world who love God. And basically this girl posted a shirt. And um, it said purpose over popularity. And I was like, oh, I need that shirt because I'm all about purpose. Like after I turned 25, your girl just snapped into purpose and was like, let's go. So I was like, I need this shirt. And so, uh, so yeah, the video. So I created the video and then I just shared it. Next thing you know, you were in the comments and I was like, oh, hey girl. Why do you think people battle with that when it comes to purpose versus popularity? And one thing you talked about on the video was in regards to numbers, you know, those those likes and those follows and, and those things. And people can get caught up in that. Um, I think because this generation, like, okay, this generation, millennials, myself included, if you don't see it, it doesn't happen. If it's mm-hmm. not being shared, if it's not being retweeted, if nobody's talking about it, it doesn't happen. You weren't successful mm. if it was shared or not. Um, and so sometimes when you're doing purpose, you don't always get the likes. You don't always get the reach. You don't always get the shares. Um, when I started my YouTube back in two years ago, it'd be two years in September. When I started my YouTube, um, everybody kept telling me, yo, you have this dope personality. You're so dope. You're so cool. Da, 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 da. Like you need a blog. So I created a blog. Maybe the first 100 likes, but 500 views, right? But after that, mm. they started dwindling down. And I'm like, okay, well, if I'm so dope and I got all this purpose, why isn't nobody watching me? So I would make mm. videos and I would be discouraged. And I would be like, oh my gosh, like nobody's watching me. Like, am I making a difference? Like I was getting frustrated to the point that I would like want to quit YouTube because I was like, nobody's watching. Like it's, if it's not being, nobody's watching it. If it's not being liked, it's not important. Um, but what I realized, it took me a year and a half to realize this. Sometimes when you do on purpose, it's not meant for everybody to see. The people who need to see you will see you. And that's true. Like, if you didn't see me, we wouldn't be here, right? So mm. um, that's how that happened. Like, we're a social media generation. We're a, crock, we're a microwave generation. If it's not fast, we don't want it. If nobody's mm. talking about it, it doesn't seem like it's happening. So that's where that came from. That's really all that it was about. And I think a lot of people need to know that because we literally credit, I think there's this, um, there is this uh, guy, a Facebook guy, he did a video, I think with a TED talk. And he was talking about how um, basically in this generation, you know, we have FOMO, fear, missing out, but that's because of social media mm-hmm. and like our likes. The more likes you get, the more adrenaline, the more it pushes. When it doesn't get likes, you feel like you're not accomplished. So that's mm-hmm. a lot of it, honestly. That's really what it came from. 
Uh, real quick uh, comment um, from Megan Jackson. Purpose is definitely more important. I think it's hard gauging your way when you're younger. The older you get, you stop caring, caring too much work. Love this topic, Candice. Mm-hmm. In my generation growing up, we didn't have um, like social media. Like literally when I was in high school, we still had beepers. You will get caught up thinking people, you know, don't like you. What am I doing this for? Because I've honestly battled with that part. Like, oh, I just want to shut down and get off this. It's getting on my nerves, blah, blah, and blah. Mm-hmm. And then I'll get an inbox or a text or an email that somebody that may not have liked or commented or subscribed to the show or whatever, uh, but they saw it. Yeah. You know, because think about it. If I would not, if I didn't like your video or comment, well, I guess your views would go. I'm, you know, me and YouTube, we're like third cousins. I'm hoping to move to first (laughs) cousins. it wouldn't have told me that you watched it, but it just would have counted up a few, basically. Like, it would just line up a number, but it wouldn't have told me. Like, if you didn't get in the comments, I wouldn't know when you watched. That's kind of how it kind of sucks, because you don't know who's watching. But, like I said, who never needs to see me, going to see me. So, you know? Yeah. Hashtag amen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what motivated you to start Candace's Corner? Like, what was that um, thing that even though people were telling you, yeah, you should do X, Y, and Z, what was that thing to make you say, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it, whatever. Um, ooh, uh, I think, so I, at one point I was doing like funny videos on Instagram and like everybody just kept saying like your personality, like you need it, you need a blog. And when I was in college, I had a show that would, all, that would be on our um, universities. TV and um, I just always wanted to be on TV, but my dreams kind of didn't work out because I wanted to be an anchor with CNN. And um, my dreams didn't work out like an internship fell through. And I think I was literally battling 2000. I just got over like suicidal thoughts, depression, and like literally my life was getting on track. And I think one day, oh yeah, I just started talking to this guy and he was totally trash. And I was like, yo, gotta tell a story. So on here one day and, I, and the first video I ever made was about meeting this guy and how he was totally trash and more people were like oh my god you're so funny so I just kept doing it and the content would vary like I would talk about stories I would tell like I made it my safe space um because um in order for me to to get off my chest when I'm going through I have to talk it out with somebody and therapy is expensive at some time so like I was like look I need a therapy session so I'm going to be therapeutic on this camera and whatever you get, you get. And so like, it became a safe space for me. That's how Candace, I was like, I need a safe space. And I know there are people out there like me who are battling different things mm. and like transparency, like in this generation full of like Kardashians, there's not a lot of realness and people are craving transparency. Like somebody is waiting for you to tell your story about how you got over depression and all people like me. So I just made it and I kept going. I was like, I'm gonna just keep going till I can't go no more. So that's really what I thank you for, for being honest about that part. Um, and even touching on going through a depression and your suicidal thoughts. Roughly, if you don't mind touching on that for a little bit, 
because I think a lot of people, I read an article last week, I think, about mm-hmm. a young lady. She was like 26 um, and she parked on side of a bridge with her kids. And I think it was three kids and she oh, jumped wow. and killed herself off the bridge. And so I shared it to my group and I went live and talked about it. And I just cried uh, a little bit. A little bit. It was like borderline ugly cry, but I was able to pull it back a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, what is it that she was dealing with so bad at 26 that she felt like her only option was to, you know, kill herself? So um, do you want to touch on yeah, I want it. a little bit? So after I graduated college, um, I had applied for this internship before I graduated um, and I was supposed to be working with CNN. It fell through. Um, Then I was in this group and we were opening up for like Mary Mary and Fred Hammond and like these different people. And then like I got kicked out of the group. And so like life was changing. And only thing I could remember was like, yo, I'm supposed to be dope. People told me I'm going to be on TV and I'm going to be this and that. And like my name's going to be everywhere and I don't see it. Mm. So I'm like, you kind of forgot about me. And then I'm, I'm comparing myself to what I see on social media because my friends got jobs. My friends are taking vacations. Mm. I'm at my mom and dad's house literally every day at my mom and dad's house. Like I do not want to be here. It's nothing against my parents. It's just the fact that I had a plan for me. And when my mm. life didn't go according to my plan, I, I thought God forgot about me. So mm. I figured if I don't have any purpose, like take me out. Like, like you can kill me. Cause like I, it's not working. Like, if, if, if I can't do what you told me I was going to do and I was going to be, it's no point in me being here. Um, so I remember being home in Florida and I remember like every day I would wake up and I'd be like, again, you let me live again, bro. Because mm. at the same time, I'm a PK kid. I was taught if you kill yourself or you kill someone, you go into hell. So in my mind, yeah. I said, look, I can be on, be living in hell and go to hell. Like somebody got to have some peace. So I didn't kill myself. So like, I remember every day I would lock myself in a room because it was the one thing I could control because mm. I low-key am a control group. Um, I have plans. Like if you could see my office, it's got highlighters, it's got dates. I'm a very organized. My life didn't go according to plan. And I see everybody else's life going according to plan. I'm like, what are we doing? And time, I think you think, I think this generation thinks we don't have time and we kind of mm. do, but we don't because it's like, you know, you die early or, you don't have enough time, but you kind of do because it's like, God's not going to let you die without your purpose. Like, as long as you step into your purpose, you know what I'm saying? You're going to always live. But it's like, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. Like, if, if we would have went with my plan, I'm kind of giving you, I, oh, man, I'm kind of giving you a lot of my book. I'm writing a book. It's going to come out September 10th. But what? if we would have went with my plan, yeah, if we would have went with my plan, I would have been 23. I would have been married. I would have had two kids by now. I would have um, been on TV. I would have been living like the American dream. Okay, let's all laugh together. I'm 27. Ain't no man in sight. I ain't got no kids. Thanks be unto God. And, you know, I'm just now really hitting the mark of my purpose. And so I think when you're comparing yourself and you're constantly got this social media going and you constantly, it it gets a lot. And you think it's better to not be here. But that's a lie. Like, it's, it's a lie. Like, you have time. You're not late. You're not early, girl. You're right on time. Everything is orchestrated. And I think once people understand that, then you realize, then you realize like, yo, I, I'm, I'm doper than you think. Like I got time. So 
that was my journey through suicide. Like, I remember I got in a car accident and um, most people are happy, you know, like, oh my God, I live. I was like, yo, why you didn't take me out? How mm. selfish of you to not take me out, let me hit a tree. And I remember I would journal. I have these journals I write. And I was just journaling like, yo, I don't know how much I could take, Lord. And so then I got in an accident the next day. And then I got denied from a job the day after that. And then I got denied from another. Every time I said I couldn't take some more, something else would happen. Mm. Every time I couldn't happen. And I was like, yo, you're killing me, bro. You are killing me. But what I realized was it wasn't killing me. It was only making me better because I really didn't believe in the stuff that I had preached my whole life. Like here I was, this PK kid, I was happy. I didn't believe any of the stuff I was raised on. Like if God was so good, why were bad things happening to me? If God was so good and I was supposed to be so amazing, why wasn't I picked for CNN? Why am I not on TV? Why don't I have these things? So like, it was good for me. Like, I know it sounds crazy. And, you know, sometimes I think I should probably still see a therapist at times, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> because I, I reach people in what you don't understand. When I've made that suicide video on YouTube, I had so many of my students that I, I work with students. I work at a college here and they were like, how did you get over it? because I want to kill myself. It is so hard to realize you have no plan or you had a plan and it failed. And so like, I was just being transparent. And honestly, I ain't really like me and my depression. We, 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 we had a minute, like I was depressed for literally a year and a half. Like I graduated in 2013. I, 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 2015, maybe a little bit of 2016. I started getting it together. Honestly. Mm, you touched my soul. Yeah. So like th that's why I'm so passionate about what I do because I'm not supposed to be here. That's mm. why I'm so passionate about like people's lives because I'm not supposed to be here. Every time we get a new year, every time a new year happens, I'm always emotional because I'm like, I'm not supposed to be here. Like this girl you see, before, she didn't exist. She didn't exist. I worked hard to be this person. I, I literally had to get down to the end of myself and I was like, OK, I'm tired. I'm tapped out. Like if there was a if there was some drugs that I could have found in my parents' house or if my parents had weapons, I would have killed myself in my parents' house. You just it's like you dropping mics left, right, and sideways, and my brain is trying to catch up, <laughs> which is why I call the show classes in in session because you literally have to have your your pens and papers ready, like I tell the audience. But I people aren't that honest, because like when you said it seemed like your friends were doing X, Y, and Z and X, Y, and Z. And you like, um, what the heck, Lord, you had these plans. I had these plans. What's going on It's you know, feeling like you trying to play catch up and being left behind at the same time. And I know a lot of women can relate. Um, I mostly deal with women around about my age and I'm in my forties. And then, so as I got older, and it's like constant uh, valleys and mountains, valleys and mountains. And like you and I hear this a whole lot. My friends, were, my friends went to college. I, by the time I graduated high school, I ain't had no parents. So there, there were no plans for me. You know, uh, my friends went to college and they were doing, you know, they had their family set up. And here it is. I'm borderline an, an orphan. But that prayer, people praying not to wake up and that praying, uh, you know, dealing with depression and suicidal thoughts, I hear that so, so much. And it's like we're beating ourselves up. But I honestly think if the devil could could beat your mind down enough to where 
you no longer saying that prayer, but you say, you know what? I can't wait on God to take me out. I'm going to take myself out. Then you don't fulfill your purpose. And I had to realize that, that it, that it wasn't about me, but I wanted it to be about me because I dealt with so much. You understand what I'm saying? Like Valencia, what you went through wasn't about you, but when is my time? Why did I go through all of this? And I'm sure a lot of the audience can relate because it's like, look, if I survive X, Y, and Z, what's the purpose? Why? The purpose is it's not, it's never for you. That's what I had to learn. It's never for you. Everything that I go through, I be thinking it's about myself, but it's not. It's it's just another stepping stone for me to tell someone um, because you overcome by the words of your testimony. Mm. Everything I go through is for other people. Every, every I promise to goodness, every single thing that I go through is for other people. Um, this journey, which is why I'm so transparent with it, because I'm like, it's not for me. Like my depression, my suicidal thoughts, everything, insecurities. It's not just for me. It's for me to tell someone else. Like I recently had um, students, like one of them was super close to suicide and I literally walked them off the ledge. And the only thing she kept saying is, how am I going to get through it? I said, look, if I can get through it, you can trust me. I'm standing, I stood where you stood. If I can get through it and I can make it over, sis, you can make it over. And I think people have to understand the most, one of the most powerful places is the graveyard. There's so many people who died with their purpose in there. So many people die with their purpose because they can't get over the situation. They can't, they can't see the next movement. So they think like, this is it, but it's not it. It's just temporary. Like it's only temporary. It feels bad for a minute. Like it's a long minute, baby. That year and a half was kicking my behind, but it, hmm. but I got over. It. But I got over it. But if I never would have went through that, you wouldn't see who like this. I didn't exist. Like I didn't exist. Like this girl that you see or this woman, this young lady. I'm. I didn't exist. So like, if I didn't go through that, I would have nothing to tell you. I would not be able to tell you how I, you can make it over. I wouldn't be able to. T- You're looking at it. Like hmm. when people say like, I've never seen a miracle. Hello, look at me. I am a walking miracle. Like, so I just think it's never for you. Um, The story sucks. Like, it really does suck. Like, you know, like, why couldn't I do this? Or why couldn't I do that? But it's never for you. It's so you could have these platforms to tell other people, like, if I can do it, you can do it. It may suck. It may not feel good, but you'll make it. Mm. Candace's Corner on YouTube, y'all. That's what I got to say. LaShawna Rowe says, I all I always say I'd rather be effective than popular. I don't care how many people know me. I do care how many people are positively impacted by my actions, behaviors, perspective, etc. I don't want to touch the surface. I want to touch the heart and soul. And that doesn't always translate into likes and numbers. I love that. And I'm so yeah. proud to see in here. Candace articulate this through her testimony. She was born for such a time as this. All right. Your family will buck you up. That's my cousin, girl. (laughs) They will. Listen, I could wear a dress and be like, come on, girl, pop out. And the dress could be hideous. I I love that. So when you decided, okay, look, I got a story. I got people to touch. I want to, you know, touch their heart. I'm going to go on YouTube, X, Y, and Z. Um, how did you start? So 
the first video I ever made, I just put my iPhone up and I just recorded, but I was researching. Um, a lot of people don't know, but these kids on YouTube were making money. Like when I was in college getting a degree, they were not in college. They were making YouTube videos from high school and they're literally making millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. So I was like, sis gotta get paid. I'm tired of working from eight to five. I'm kind of in a lane by myself. So like, if you don't do hair, nails, if you don't do um, YouTube couples, if you don't do like skits, it's really hard to get the subscribers and the views. A lot Mm. of people don't understand that. Like, unless I'm blogged, like YouTube is a career. You got to wake up every day and do it. And first Mm. of all, I got a job. So like, I started researching and I was like, okay, I I either could do the couple route, but I ain't got no man, so we can't do the couple (laughs) route. Uh, <laughs> I could do blogging, but I, I don't have the time to vlog like that. And so I was like, I'm going to just be me. I'm going a, I'm to a do my own thing. Like, God going to create the lane. So I just put up my iPhone 6 at the time, and I recorded myself. And I got on iMovie, and I edited it, and I put it up, and then I was starting. And I was only doing it once a week because I, mm-hmm. I, I needed to get comfortable with it. But, yeah, that's how I started. I told my husband. We could rock the couple lane because we're like night and day. Literally. These kids are my, like, there's a girl who, who, there's a man on YouTube. He started doing YouTube in college. Mm -hmm. Dropped out because he made $40,000 in a month. Moved to LA. And then he started making millions. And then what he did was every channel he made, it would get a million subscribers and he'd give it to a family member. So now the whole family makes millions and millions. 21 years old. So you're a millionaire at 21. Uh, so I was like, oh, I got to get paid. And that, and even that is a story in itself because God checked me like, you trying to get paid or you trying to save lives? Because if you try and get paid, it's harder than you think. And as soon as I started, maybe like six months later, they changed the rules. So it's harder for me to get paid, so which kept going with the purpose versus popularity. Like you trying to be purposeful or you trying to be seen and you want some clout. Like, let me know because there's two different ways we can do when you when you're fighting for your purpose literally but you don't want to you know like that that battle between purpose versus popularity and then especially when when it seems like the popularity lane will pay you quicker yeah it it seems that way initially i'm trying to see the right way to say it but honestly at first you can't pay bills with purpose so yeah. i under- if you work your purpose good enough it will put you in rooms of people who have money it'll put you in places and positions to make money i'm a i i don't i'm a living witness of how your gift will make room for you um alone because i was working my purpose i got invited to a conference with one of these pastors that i really love and the only reason he saw me was because i was on instagram talking about his sermon he was like, yo, we want to fly her out to this conference in September. Um, Pastor Mike Todd from Transformation Nation, Transformation Church Ooh, in Oklahoma. I love Jesus. <laughs> His message um, about, I want to say it was about um, David. It was a it was a David message. Mark. And he was, t- girl, don't give me. Watching it now. I just watched part nine this morning. Mark. Well, see, now I see you have a series. But when he did this, maybe last year when he was at Elevation. 
when he first did it and he was singing the song like you know I'm not gonna sing it y'all because yeah. you know, we're not gonna do it but he was singing like what the groupies were saying for David and how Saul got jealous and when I heard that message I was dealing with that like when you look up to somebody and you looking looking up to somebody and they're trying to slay you that's only because Saul was what missed his shot yeah. Saul was only jealous of David because he missed his shot and David was being raised up and that's what people have to understand. Every hater ain't really a hater. They're just hating because they operate, you operate in your gift and it's your time. Mm. That's really what it is. Like, what did you do? What was your uh, reaction? So what's crazy is on Friday night when I got off work, um, one of my really good friends, he just randomly asked me, like, when are you going to Oklahoma? And I was like, what? Why would I go to Oklahoma? Like, I got bills, but I just can't go to Oklahoma. He was like, you're being set up, like, there's no way this man has posted you twice, constantly reposting you, and you like it's set up for you to go. And I was like, but I'm in weddings in Belize. I'm going out the country. Like I just got to be smart, financially smart. That was Friday. So my and I said specifically to him, I said if they're gonna if I'm gonna go to Oklahoma, they gonna have to fly me out, okay? And I just said it. Yeah. Sunday morning, 10:15, I was making a corner video. I was editing the video, and I get this DM that says like, we are transformation, and I thought it was the church. Because they like they have liked stuff before. I've interacted with them on social media. It's the conference. And she's like, hey, we want to fly you out, secure your lodging, but we want you to vlog the conference. I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. And I was looking for who I could scream to. And I was just like, oh, my God. So I call my friends and everybody's screaming in my ear. I'm like, yo, yo. Like, you would have thought I won the lottery. Like that's how hype everyone was because mm. if you if you've watched me from before, you're watching the gifts make room for me. So it's like you're mm. on this journey with me. So when the whole team wins, and that's really what my friends are saying. It's like I'm going. I'm like you are going because it was you when I was getting ready to quit, and it was you telling me like, "Yo, your gifts making room for you. Keep going." So like, I am a witness of purpose over popularity and how when you're working your purpose and you're walking in your gifts doors will open for you your name will be in the in the mouths of people you ain't never met mm. and I, i'm a witness of that like my name is in rooms i haven't even traveled to because i decided to live number number two to walk in my purpose it wasn't easy but i decided to do it so that, that that's that you didn't touch something in me and I know Queen Queen Levon, who's uh, watching. I know Queen Levon is probably screaming and spitting scripture. She's uh, <laughs> actually one of the um, one of the co-hosts when we when we do different shows or whatever. And she's she's our go-to scripture lady because I know Bible. Uh -huh. I, I can't tell you where it's at in the Bible. Same, but I know Bible. Number one, two, and three. Congratulations. Um, like just congratulations and I love how it came full circle with, with your message what you were saying and then that but what's crazy because I'm always in Oklahoma that's where my husband is from so that's one of my 2019-2020 uh, goals is to get to transformation just because when Mark came out the, the first one when he did that elevation like uh -huh. I almost cried I felt like he re reached into my head, my heart, and read my mind because for some reason during that season, I was relating to David a whole lot. 
sometimes I feel like Joseph, sometimes, more so David, because David was overlooked. David was a shepherd boy. Nobody was checking for David. Like, even when uh, when Jesse went to go look for a boy, they were like, you have another son. They were like, oh, just the guy that's in the field. Like, he wasn't nothing. And But what nobody yeah. understands is the reason why, reason why David was such an amazing king is because the field prepped him for the palace. It was in the field. He right. learned how to defeat Goliath. He learned how to work the different gifts. Like, like I'm slept on sometimes, but it's okay. Mm. Like you gonna you gonna wake up, you gonna wake up, you gonna see, and I'm gonna be in the palace. But what people don't understand is they just see the palace. People only mm. see the glance. They don't understand how hard you work, how hard you prayed, how hard you fasted, how hard you denied yourself. Like how many times I could have settled for some clown, but I didn't. How many times, like you don't see that. So I feel like I'm David sometimes. Sometimes I feel like I'm Joseph, like trapped in a, in prison, like waiting, <laughs> waiting. Mm. But you know. Sometimes I feel like David, yeah. Most of the time. Nobody in the Bible was ever qualified to do anything. They all had insecurities and flaws. They were screw-ups, like big screw-ups. And so that's why I tell people, like, don't be afraid to tell your testimony, girl. Don't be afraid. God God loves a screw-up. Hello, you're looking at one. Teen times. I wish I could remember Bible scriptures like I know little Boosie songs, because I don't remember them. I'm serious. If, if, If we can make it a trap beat, I promise you I can rap every day. I can't remember. The, I've been reading the word my whole life and they don't stick sometimes. So, How did you learn that it was best just to be you versus trying to copy somebody else? You know what? I'll say it like this. Um, I think being a PK kid, I've always had people project things of what I should be. Mm. And um, then their projections versus my reality. I never lived up to that. Um, so I think one day I just realized, look, I got to be me because everybody else is taken. Like, mm. I, I can't be nobody else but me. And I think every day I learn that. Like, I don't think you ever stop learning that. Um, there are some times when I compare myself to other people. I'm not going to lie. Mm. Like, I'd, I'd be not, I'd say I'm not human if I didn't do that. Um, but I think every day you have to learn that some things are tailored for you when you hit 30 it's it's one realization and then and you know how a lot of people say well you once you turn 30 it's this this and this which is true like Mm -hmm. 30 is gonna change the game but then when you hit 40 Mm we're gonna stay in touch just so i can make sure i talk to you (laughs) when you when you hit 40 yeah okay um because it's words I can't say because, you know, I, I don't talk like certain ways, but y'all get it. When you hit 40, you really like, Psh. Yeah. Really? So. I understand. I understand. Everybody keeps telling me that. Like, when you hit 30. I, I, promise. I, pro- I promise you. I promise. So, you kind of touch, you kind of like briefly talked about you singing. Tell us a little bit about that part of your life. I think I started singing before I could talk, honestly. My mom was the choir director. No, for real, I grew up around music. Um, my uncle plays, like, bass guitar. His kids play trumpet. And, like, I was, I played uh, violin at the age of six. And, like, I just always grew up around music. Um, and so my, being my mom was the choir director, that meant what? I had to sing. I had no choice. Mm-hmm. Even if I couldn't hold a note, I was going to learn to hold a note. Um, and so... <laughs> I sang and singing has always been something that I just did. 
I never thought I was good at it. Like people would tell me like, yo, your voice is amazing. I'd be like, oh, okay, sure. Um, but um, I just sang. And then when I went to, in high school, I sang, middle school, I sang. Um, and then when I went to college, I was in the gospel choir. And then I became the president of the gospel choir. And then I met these people. My best friend was, in the, he was my musician and um, he was in this group. And I met this group and um, they were just started. Mm. And so I got really cool with the leader and um, we started singing and we would write music and like we'd have an album come out. And then like uh, we did this thing called Joy Fest, which people basically voted you to be in the Joy Fest. Like Joy Fest, kind of like Essence, but it's just one day. Okay. And it's stage full of gospel artists. And so like, it was like fan fest. You could vote people in. So they voted us in and uh, we've opened up for Kiki Sheer, like tons of gospel artists singing in that group. So it was cool. It was a good opportunity. Do you plan on um, doing anything with singing now? I don't want to be a singer. Like I don't, I don't like, you will never hear me say I'm going on tour and I just wrote an album. Like that's not my desire. Um, mm. But uh, maybe like if, if that's what God wants me to do, I honestly feel like this. God has made me multi-gifted, like right. so many gifts, so many parts. I don't know which, sometimes the most frustrating thing is I don't know which talent to operate in first. Like all of your gifts are very, very creative. Yeah. So did that happen in college as well? Did you say, I'm going to try, try your, my hand in it? Or how did that come about? So my mom put me in acting classes when I was like seven or eight. So I was in plays early and uh, I did plays in high school. Um, and then I took like acting and drama in college and I started writing and I wrote a play and I was good at it. And I was like, okay. So yeah, that's kind of where the acting came from. My mom, all, all of my gifts, my mom has pushed me into, believe it or not. Mm. Um, she just didn't know she was pushing me into it. Um, so yeah, uh, the acting came from that. Yeah, really. That's really what happened. I, I love, um, and I think with, with parents, they see something your mom saw it in you and she's like, okay, we about to pull it out. And I love what you said about your talents. Cause I know a lot of people battle with that when you're multi-talented. So Queen Candace, what is next for you? Oh, child. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I have no idea. I really don't like at this point in my life, I am literally every day. I don't know. I, I would like to say like, Oh, oh I have a book coming out. Let's okay. I have a book coming out. In um, September, it's supposed to come out September 10th, but, you know, I have a book coming out. It's called Living in Your Shadow, Living in My Own Shadow. Um, I have a t-shirt line coming out soon as well. Um, but other than that, I don't know. Like, I would like to say I'm about to be married with somebody's husband and kids. I don't know. Uh, I really don't know. Uh, you're going to see it as, as it unfolds, honestly. So how can the audience uh, get in touch with you, reach out? How can they find Candace? This corner um, and all of those beautiful things you got going on. Okay, so you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. My um, name is C underscore international. And then YouTube is Candace's Corner. And my name is C A N D A C E um, with the apostrophe S Corner. Um, and then Facebook, my name is Candace Waters. I'm pretty much everywhere. The video that we touched on tonight purpose versus popularity. Y'all, if y'all don't do nothing else before the night is over, maybe first thing in the morning, uh, within 24 hours, watch that video.
follow Candace. You could always connect with her through Define You Radio. Her her stuff information will definitely be posted. Go ahead and subscribe to her channel on YouTube. And that's pretty much what I have to say. Queen Candace, it has been a pleasure. I hope you guys have enjoyed the show. So thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Go to ValenciaGWallace.com and find out more about the Move Retreat because queens need a break too.